Welcome, Welcome to Fightconomy. Here, Here we cover everything from finance, economy, and how it affects you. Please welcome your host, Kyle Talks. Hello, everyone. What is going on? Thank you for choosing Fightconomy on this fine weekend or weekday, if that's what you do. Most, let me give you guys a little sneak peek of the snapshot of who listens to Fightconomy. Y'all usually listening to it on Saturday night. Sunday afternoon, and then it kind of is just wherever. But that's mainly what you guys, just to give you some insight into the listeners, that's what time was you guys listen. I know, who knew we'd have that statistic for these. But guys, welcome back to Phyconomy. It's been a week since our last Phyconomy, and so much has happened, and I am so excited to finally get jumped on with y'all and talk about what's happening and the financials and the economics of everything. And uh, spoiler alert, it's not looking good. We're looking a little better. We're looking a little better. We take our W's where we get them, but it's not looking as good. Before we jump in, this is Phyconomy. We're talking about finance, economy, and how it all affects you. This is the sideshow of the main show that comes out every week throughout the middle of the week called Kyle Talks, and that's solely focused on society, business, and culture. I like to invite literally anyone from anywhere to get them on the pod and talk about society, business, of culture, of what they do, whether that would be rappers, producers, voice actors, wives, uh, husbands, literally anything. And that's kind of the main show. show. So if that's something that interests you, go ahead and tune in weekly, midweekly to Kyle Talks. This show is about Phyconomy and really the whole heart of I have to starting Phyconomy is, of course, this is what I went to school for. This is what I've studied. I love talking about like finances, economy, all that kind of stuff, right? But it can be very boring. It can be very hard to like keep up because they use, well, the data, the equivocal data of stank A and stock B will come down to this very bindu. What is the delta of your bank account? Also, what is the alpha plus the gamma of these certain? It's too much. And everything I just said are actual like, logistical terms when it comes to like finance and stocks and it's it's just too much and it can put us off to know what to do with our money and the goal is here you should know what's going on around you you should know what's happening and you should be able to use your money to your advantage that's the whole point of it i want to bring it to you in a very not super corporate way dumb it down not because we're stupid because it's easier to understand if you can dumb it down Anyone can understand it. You don't need to all know all this fancy jargon. So that's the point of it. We cover everything concerning about your finances. How can you save your money? How can you put money for you? And how you can just protect yourself or really push yourself to be fruitful if the current situation calls for it. And so that's kind of the heart behind the show. So we take three big topics. The two first ones usually being about the whole of the U.S. economy. And the third one's a little, it's a it's like loosely about the economy. But it's a little more fun, um, what's going on around the world. And I got a fun one for you guys today. We do have a lot to cover. Anything for, before we start, all the articles and links will be down in the show notes. They're tied in the order that I talk about them in the show Also, never take my word for it. Never take anyone's word for it. Always do your own research. Take it with a grain of salt. Always, always, always. Don't believe me. Don't believe your mama, your papa, your financial advisor. Uh, Maybe believe them. I don't know. There, you pay them a lot of money. Anyways, do your own research. Look things up and use this kind of as a loose foundation to build on and then it'll get firm as you go on. But guys, let's jump into today's first topic. And yeah. Interest rates, they're getting high. Federal Reserve increased interest rates 
again by 50 basis points. That may not sound much to you if you haven't listened to the show, but that means your interest rates, those things, your car loans, your car payments, your dang credit card, it's costing you a lot more money in interest and it'll be costing you more money than in some cases than the item you bought is originally worth. Before we jump into it, I'm going to give you a very quick cash crash cash course you can call it cash course i'm gonna give you a very quick cash course into what the federal reserve is and what interest rates is if you stayed here for a while this will be recap for you but if this is your first time listening the federal reserve are the money managers of america that's it and why would they increase interest rates does does that really affect us why does it affect us is it important yes because i'm gonna give you something i hope you're ready for it you ready are you ready Money in the United States isn't created when they print it. It's created when you take out debt. I know there's a lot to unpack there, but we'll leave it there for now. That's like a whole future episode in and of itself. So that's how the American economy works. It's built on debt. Not when they print money, but when you take out loans for money you don't have to go to school, college, uh, to get a car, to pay groceries, that debt is what is great because you literally just created money out of thin air we should be congratulating you really you are supplying the economy by going into debt and becoming enslaved to the american economy god bless you anyway so that kind of gives you the crash course so as we know inflation is really high inflation currently as we speak is around eight seven point seven ish percent and so when inflation runs high and prices of regular everyday items get inflated the money managers of america they say hey how can we bring prices down how can we do this well they don't want you to go out and spend as much money so they increased interest rates and interest rates will make everything more expensive so everything's more expensive because you have to pay more on interest people will slow down on spending that i mean that's very surface level but that's enough to get you by that's the basics right and on top of this, all this newfound information you've just had, they have increased interest rates incredibly high since uh, 2022, the beginning of this year. So for 12 months, we have just hiked interest rates and made interest super expensive. Let me break down another piece point. I said basis points. Imagine, imagine a basis point is 0.01. So if someone says, oh, they raised it by 50 basis points. They raised it by 0.5%. Oh, if someone says, oh, they raised it by 75 basis points, they just raised it by 0.75%, which is a lot. Because if you raise continuously at 1%, you all in a year, that's like 12% plus interest, which is crazy. But there's your crash course. They have increased interest rates again for the seventh time to try to cool inflation. We're still fighting inflation. Let's jump into the article. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates for the seventh time this year to attempt to cool inflation. The rates you get for mortgage, credit card, car loan, student debts, and student savings could all be affected, which we talked about. So, and here's kind of the nitty gritty of it all. The Federal Reserve raised its target federal funds by 0.5 percentage points at the end of its meeting this past Wednesday. Although this marks a typical hike compared to the supersized 0.75%, and that is like insane. We've covered that previously on Phyconomies. Those are insane hikes. Sorry, I had to read that and go back to it. 
So usually they've increased by 0.75%. They're now starting to lower their increased rates at 0.5%. In addition, the months ahead, we will also see the Fed raising interest rates at a more customary pace, said McBride, economic an economics professional at the United States. What does he mean by we're going to raise rates at a more customary pace? We're going to do it a lot slower and a lot lower. So you, so it, they're, they're not saying much by saying this. Surprise, that's the government for you. But he's trying to say it's going to be better without telling us it's going to be better because he can't say that because his job's blah, blah, blah. This latest is only one part of a rate hiking cycle, which aims to bring down inflation without tipping the economy into recession as some fear that would have already happened. This is a quote that comes from Laura Veldkamp, a professor of finance and at Columbia University Business School. She says, I thought we would be in the midst of a recession this point, and we're not. Well, Laura, I think we're getting close to there. Here comes another comment. Every time, every single time since World War II, the Federal Reserve has acted to reduce inflation and unemployment. And due to that, unemployment has always shot up. And we're not seeing this this time. And that's what stands out, she said, continuing Laura. I couldn't really imagine a better scenario. Still, the combination of higher rates and inflation has hit household budgets particularly hard this year in 2022. So that's the article. Once again, the links are in the description. I would very much encourage you to go read the whole article yourself so you can get really a good view of it. So here's what's going on, folks. Inflation has been crazy high. Inflation is you're like almost paying 10% more for your groceries every year on year on year um it's bad uh and it has come down we take our w's where we get them well we're not all doom and gloom over here and kyle talks for economy that's where we look at we're realist is that a word did i just coin something we're realist we want to look at it for what it's worth and go from there try to remove as much bias as we can this is interesting because the federal reserve the u.s government is very cryptic doesn't usually tell you what it needs to tell you, as we talk about with McBride, an economic official, saying that the Fed raising interest rates will happen at a more customary pace. I got my degree in this, and that literally means nothing. Like, that is literally, that's like just talking to talk without a point. It's like, that. who knows what that even means? No one knows what that means. So here's what it means for you, me, all of us people who live day to day, um, normies, as I would like to call us. Stuff's getting expensive. Um, your interest, your your the interest rates really affect your credit cards, and you should probably slow down on how much you're buying with your credit cards. Uh, try to pay with cash if you can, because there's a study that shows, as of 2022, at least 13% of purchases are all with because of the interest that you pay on those purchases. They're almost more than the original item that was bought itself, ranging from 60 to 80 dollars. That's a lot. Um, you're paying like it's about a sixty dollar item, and you're paying it off with interest. You're paying like sixty five, seventy plus dollars for that one item over time. So you're paying more than what it was really worth. Now, of course, these there's utility in credit cards because you have to pay everything all at once. But it's actually more worse for you economically because interest builds up. And you usually, most people don't pay off their credit cards every month. So it really starts building an interest and the banks are making crazy money off of you. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. So my tip as someone who's growing up in this world, who's learning, 
from a 25 year old. So take out the grain of salt. I'm learning just as much as you are. Um, try to st pay stuff with cash. We're seeing um, housing go up, mortgages go up. We're seeing the price of basic goods go up. We're gonna jump in. We're gonna jump into it in our next article. But let me give you a little spoiler. What we're gonna talk about next. Stuff your groceries cost you 7.1 percent more than they did a year ago, and it just got increased by 0.1 or 0.2 percent this past month. So stuff's getting more expensive, and it's pushing more and more people to use credit card just to survive on basic goods so my like very i hate people who give you like really not hate that's a very strong word i dislike when people give tips and it's very vague like you like it sounds good but you don't know what if there's any action steps connected to it here's an action step for trying to combat high inflation and high interest rates to not hurt your wallet try to reduce your personal spend across that board whether that means no coffee that means no Canes, Chick-fil-A, your favorite Asian place, your favorite fusion restaurant. Um, try to cut cross across the board and try to pay with cash um, wherever you can so you don't incur any interest rates. And if you do pay in credit of some type, make sure you paid off within the month. I know most different credit cards have different policies, but try to pay it off within a month. That way you are able to not, you don't have to worry about interest rates on those. So those are my um, tips that I'm following. I tr promise you, me and my wife are following those same tips. Um, I personally don't, I have one credit card, but I rarely use it. I got it when I was like, when did I get my first credit card? It was Capital One. And I was like 18, 19. No. Yeah, I was like 19 or 20 and I got my, and it, it's only a $200 limit too so it's not even a lot of money on top of that anyways but that's my tips interest rates are up inflation is up now let's talk about you paying seven percent more for your groceries all right folks here we go let's talk about things getting more expensive i gave you the spoiler and i'm so sorry and i hate to break this down i hope you're sitting down and if you're working out put the weights down because this one's going to hit you hard you're paying, are you ready? Are you, you're paying 7% more for your groceries. I know. Would it make you feel better if I told you why? No, me neither. Let's talk about it anyways. Things are getting expensive. Let's jump right into this article, which can be found in the show notes down below. The Consumer Price Index, the CPI. Now, for the uninitiated, I'll tell you what the Consumer Price Index CPI means. It means the basic cost of everyday goods. That's all that means. So when someone says the CPI rose by 6.24738 fifths of a percentage of a point, you can be like, wow, basic goods, really a basket of goods really rose up that high. They'll look at you and be like, you know something. You, you in the know. That's all it means. CPI, consumer price index, literally just means a, the, the basic cost of everyday basket of goods. We're talking like milk, food. Stuff like that, water, fuel, that's all it is. So the CPI just rose just 0.01% from the previous month. And here's the big hitter, has increased 7.1% year over year. So, so from when you're listening to this right now to a year ago, you're paying 7% more for those same exact groceries. The same compared to the estimates, um, I already read that. So yeah, you're paying 7.1% 7, 7 more for your groceries today than you were a year ago 
on the exact same day for the exact same things. Core CPI rose 0.2% from the month and 6% on an annual basis. Um, so here's the confusing part. You just heard me say core CPI. The government can't make up its mind. Our, our American economist cannot make up their mind. Let me, let me, let me clue you in into a little like economic debate a lot of scholars have and a lot of people who study e economy and finances have. There's literally, and I'm not joking, like seven to 12 different ways to measure CPI, the price of basic goods. There's literally like seven to 12 ways. The American government uses like four of those. So when we talk about core CPI, this, that, as someone who went to school for it and graduated, it's a little much. It's a little too much. I'm not like that deep into it, but um, yeah. So if I'm being a core CPI, it means like the more like basic, we're talking like the most basic, basic of goods. And of course they use different measures because some people are vegan. Some people prefer different items. Some items are more necessary to other people based on their um, cultural preferences and stuff like that so there's a lot of different ways to measure cpi but cpi overall has increased seven percent and yeah so let's keep on reading on the article here stocks roared higher following the report as investors look for signs that inflation is coming to a close inflation adjusted uh, inflation oh my gosh words are hard inflation adjusted average hourly earnings for workers that felt like a mouthful. Um, inflation adjusted hourly earnings for workers rose 0.5% for the month, though they're still down 2% from a year ago. What does that mean right there? I felt like there was a lot of words um, said in that statement. So hourly workers, you guys have lost, you guys have gained 0.5% of your money due to inflation. So it, you're going to get paid the same amount. You're not getting paid 0.5% more, but due to inflation, their prices, it's going to feel like you're getting paid more, which really does that mean anything to us. I don't think so. But also for hourly workers, due to inflation and adjusting for inflation, you're actually making 2% less than you were a year ago. Dude, so there you go. Whatever your, um, and whatever you made last year, subtract 2% from that. And that's how much you're essentially making this year due to inflation. That's a pretty cool thing. Look it up. You should do that math for yourself. It's pretty interesting to find out that. The consumer price index, which, measure, which measures a wide basket of goods and services, rose 0.1% this month and has increased 7.1% from a year ago. The Labor Department reported. Econo Economists surveyed Dow Jones have been expecting a 0.3% increase and a 7.3% 12-month increase. The increase from a year ago, while while well above the federal rate's 2% target for healthy inflation level, was tied to the lowest since November 2021. That line means nothing. They're just trying to sandbag the numbers to make it look better because it looks bad. Excluding volatile food and energy prices, the so-called core CPI rose 0.2% for the month. And here we go. We get even deeper into this confusing stuff I was telling you about where they're like excluding the food and energy prices. The CPI has only rose this so and so much. Interesting. You would exclude gas and food because food we literally need from the CPI to make the numbers look better. 
it's weird. I'm telling y'all, it's weird. I know. Um, yeah, so there's that. In addition, falling energy prices have helped keep inflation at bay. The energy index, which is just the cost of like energy, so we're talking electricity, gas, oil, stuff like that, has declined 1.6% for the month due to a 2% decrease in gasoline. Food prices rose 0.5% and are up 10.6% from a year ago. Even with its monthly decline, the energy index was higher by 13% from November last year. Um, that's where we're going to talk about this right now. I'm highlighting this on my screen and my notes as I talk to you. I'm going to read it again. The energy index, so the cost of like what I said, gas, oil, electricity, all that, has declined 1.6%. And gasoline price has dropped down 2%. But year over year, that, that same energy index is higher by 13.1%. And here's what I'm talking about, people. I'm going to get on my soapbox for a little bit here. I know we just had the elections and all that stuff, and it's passed. But still, we see this rhetoric today. And this is CNBC. This is Bloomberg. This is MNNCB. This is Wall Street Journal doesn't matter where you get your source from these big guys they're all going to be sandbagging because unfortunately or fortunately in some cases i guess depending on your view polit politics and economy literally go unfortunately together so even though yeah guys we're paying two percent less for gas yeah we're doing it our president is awesome our current political system is awesome but they're hiding from you the fact that it's still up 13% from last year. You see what I mean? They put it in a way where it seems like, wow, this is great. We're doing great. We're doing awesome. But don't look over there or don't look too much into it because we're still up 13% over year over year. So there's that. So you're still, even though gas did fall by 2%, we take our W's where we get them. We're still 13% increase for fuel. In addition, this is the big one I really want to focus on. Food prices rose 0.5% last month and are up 10.6% from last year. So not only is CPI up 7%. Now what 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 makes CPI? There's a million different percentages that go into your CPI, right? That that tell you how much everything is average. Your food is like 80% of the basket of CPI, and that's what's making inflation so high because you're, if you were to buy, let me put it to you like this. Let's just put it in numbers. These percentages can get weird. If you paid $500 last year, this time for groceries, today, if you were to go and spend today, if you get those same groceries that you spent $500 a year ago, today, you'd be spending $556 for that for the same items the same exact items just a year later so that put it in perspective a little bit for some bigger families who i know spend a thousand dollars a month on food and there's some big families that do that they're paying eleven hundred dollars a month now they're almost paying rent that some people pay just for food alone and we're just talking about food we're not including home prices ain't we're just talking about straight food that your body actually needs or you, you know, move on. 
to where you don't need food ever again if you pick up what I'm putting down. Like, you need food, right? So this is interesting, and this is why I'm really talking to you guys. Let's be careful in how we're spending our money because you're spending, a, let's just call it 11% to round because we're rounding. You're paying 11% more for the same groceries you're buying today than you did a year ago today. And that's what we have to be on. That's why these interest rates are so important. That's why knowing inflation is so important. That's why knowing these numbers is very important to us so we can plan accordingly. So when I talk about cutting out, you know, takeout and I cut about tucking out fast food, this is why. If you spend like $50 a week on fast food, you're spending like $55, $56 a week on fast food. And that, of course, just adds up. It sounds little, oh, it's only five extra dollars. That's like how us Zoomers think. If you're a Zoomer thinking that, stop. That's your toxic trait. We don't think like that because that adds up so quick. We're fortunately lucky to be so young where that sounds like not a problem, but it actually is quite a problem. So keep that in mind, folks. 11% more for your same groceries you're buying. To put this in context, me and Emily, we spend about, I would say, probably like 300, 325 at most 350 a month for groceries, right? Let's just say 350 at most. We're paying like almost $400 now for those same groceries that we're buying a year ago. So that puts it in context to me. What does that look like for you? What is that? How do those prices look for you? Um, even if you're not buying groceries because you live at your parents or a buddy's, which is a huge W, um, especially if you're saving up, that's a W. How much are you spending when you go out? And I know us young people, we go out almost all the time in a very unhealthy fashion. So calculate how much extra you're spending on food. Just add another 11% to it. And that's how much you're spending. It's crazy, folks. Like, it's crazy. No one's talking about this. Ain't no, no one I heard talking about this. This stuff's expensive. Um, not to beat on a dead horse. I'm just saying this stuff's important. Be aware of what's going on because we're starting to feel the pressure um, I didn't include it in any of the articles today, but there are some talks of a potential recession in 2023, of course, because everyone wants to be the call recession and like, I called it, I'm so smart. So I take that part with a grain of water, but looking at inflation, looking at food prices, looking at housing prices, which we have talked about previously on Phyconomy, um, yeah, it's getting a little rough out, it's getting rough out here for some players. It's getting tough out here, especially if you have a little one or a family um, you're going to start feeling it. It's, it's coming. So what do we take away from this? Let's be smarter in the way we spend. What's a tactical thing to take away from this? Let's cut out how much food spend. That's not groceries. Cause if we're already paying an extra 11% for our groceries, let's try to cut that 11% out of going out or these stuff, just so your money's not going down the drain. Now I know we talked about two to like serious stuff, which we need to talk about, but I got to talk about the man himself, Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Wonderful. And he's not acting so wonderful. Kevin O'Leary, Leary, Leary, Mr. Wonderful, the shark take man himself, the big investor, big spender, wealthy guy is standing up for FTX's Sam Bank Friedman, SBF. Now, for the uninitiated, what does that all mean? If you have been under a rock or just don't pay attention to crypto at all, there is a big 
crypto exchange where you could buy cryptos called FTX that just went completely bankrupt, worth zip, zero dollars, worth nothing anymore. They just went underground because they were committing literal fraud. Um, the CEO and founder and owner of FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, or some people call him SBF, has just got arrested and charged with criminal charges from the U.S. Department of Justice, from the SEC, and other like legal American government entities. They're putting um, lawsuits on him. So it's big. Um, this guy was worth $16 billion. He's now worth $0 billion. Um, some may even say $0 million. Some might even say $0. But to us, it's just 0 No more money, this guy. And so Kevin O'Leary, come to find out, was paid to be a spokesperson for this company. He was paid $15 million. And how did how was this deal structured? Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, the Shark Tank guy, he was paid $15 million, which really isn't a lot for him, which is a lot of money, but I want to say it's a lot for him. So how they structured this deal was out of the $15 million, he instantly just paid taxes on it, which came out to roughly $3.8 million he paid taxes. He put $10 million in FTX, which was like their company coin or the FTX cryptocurrency. And then he took the other in cash. Now, unfortunately, that $10 million that he put into the company is worth literally $0. And Kevin O'Leary appeared on a, like, in front of the government and literally is trying to blame everyone for their downfall but FTX themselves. Let's jump into it. Investor Kevin O'Leary appeared on CNBC's Squawk Box to face questioning over his thoughts on his disgraced FTX founder, SBF, and O'Leary's involvement with FTX. So Kevin O'Leary went in front of the federal government, because there's a lawsuit against the guy who owned it, and pretty much said, hey, we didn't do anything wrong. This guy's a great guy, a 10 out of 10 individual, even though he lost billions of dollars for the people who invested in his company and the people who just used his platform. He's a great guy. And this was Binance's fault. This We failed because of them. They really screwed us. I mean, we're just two big titans battling out. I'm paraphrasing. We're two big titans battling out, and they they set us up to fail. For someone who's pretty harsh with other entrepreneurs about them being successful or failing, you're not being very honest with yourself, Kevin. O'Leary insisted that every individual was entitled to the presumption of innocence innocence under the law well mr kevin o'leary i would agree with you i do fully believe we are innocent until proven guilty there are a lot of bad things that have been alleged here and a lot of them are going to be true likely kevin o'leary said when he was asked if he would work with sam bankman freed again the man who lost billions of his own dollars and uh, millions of his customers he said i trust the guy i would work with him again like, I don't even know what to say about this. This is a whole article. I don't want to jump in it too much. I just think I just want to end this like on a very weird note. Like, let me just tell you my thoughts. So this billion dollar company that Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Kobe has, or uh, Shaq, rest in peace, Kobe, not Kobe, but Shaq has worked with, like, all of them got screwed and out of this. So this is a big thing. And Kevin O'Leary, knowing what he get paid with is worth zero dollars is still going in front of the like federal government and protecting FTX 
even though it's insolvent, worth nothing. And he's still going like, yeah, these are great people. And also, I'd probably work with Sam Bakeman Freed again, who lost and was doing fraud, committing fraud, and literally losing people's money. This is crazy to me. Like, this is actually crazy to me. He's defending this person. It's extremely unethical. I know morality subjective to the mass, to the vast majority of the U.S., well, the world's population. Um, we would like to think morality is objective, but let's be honest, a lot of people don't. Very subjective. And it's like, this is wrong. This dude's literally speaking up for a guy who lost, who committed fraud. He cooked the books. He moved billions of dollars without the government knowing into interest and not paying interest or taxes on it, which is actually one of the charges against him. And yet he's still standing up for this guy. This is crazy. We call this guy a hog rider, but you replace the hog with something else. If you get what I'm saying. Like this, this is crazy. Um, I thought this was interesting. Please read the article for yourself. But he's just standing up for FTX and the guy who lost him billions of dollars. And it, there's a lot of conversation right now in, in the Twitterverse about why would he do this? Like $15 million isn't a lot to Kevin. So what, and his, and that payment means nothing anymore because he lost it when the company went bankrupt. So what's he standing up for this guy for? What's he to gain by standing up for this company? His money's not, it's gone. It's not worth anything anymore. So what's, why is he defending for this obviously crooked business that was unregulated and now is facing criminal charges from the U.S. government from the three different branches? Interesting. Now, he did say, he does believe people are innocent until proven guilty. I 100% believe that. But when you have accountants and people who've worked for FTX talking about the kind of back door they are moving this money in and they had experience in this, first of all, they are also liable because they partook in this. So they need to go to jail just as much as Sam Brinkman Freed did. And I know some are serving time at the lower level. But why stand up for this guy? What's there to gain? What do you think he's doing? Why do you think he's doing this? What is there to gain for him? Let me know. Let me know. Folks, we are wrapping up our episode of Phyconomy today. What do we talk about? We talked about interest rates and inflation still being up. We talked about how your groceries are up 11%. Um, your everyday goods are up 7% year over year to be safe with your money, know where it's going. And we talked about how a wealthy investor is like, really giving it up for 15 million it just sounds weird there's something going there that we don't know yet but those are the three topics we covered today if this any of this has been helpful to you guys please review the podcast if you've enjoyed this podcast if you gained anything of value even one thing from this episode please go ahead and down and review on spotify apple wherever you at go ahead and give me five stars or not up to you whatever you feel uh necessary but i will love you forever if you put five stars and say something nice you have a chance to be featured on my review spotlight over on my instagram at kyle the horton and twitter please share the episode tag me at kyle the horton on instagram and twitter as well i will love you forever and repost it help me get the brand out help me educate more people and honestly build a community of like-minded individuals who all want the best for themselves for each other's and we just good with pape that's that's the goal we can try and be good with our money make it go long um, so I appreciate you guys review the podcast, share the podcast, 
follow me on my socials down below. If you have any questions, go ahead and contact me there or at kyletalkspodcast at gmail.com. You guys have been amazing. You're loved. You're valued. Let's be better with my money. Now, see you guys in very shortly for Kyle Talks.